The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Friday, December 17, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we... Sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. He's at home. I'm in Las Vegas for the CBS Sports Classic, which I don't know if you heard. Not 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 going as planned. Ohio State has COVID issues. Buckeyes are not traveling to Las Vegas. So Ohio State, Kentucky is canceled. UCLA has COVID issues. The Bruins aren't traveling to Las Vegas. So UCLA, North Carolina is also canceled. What a dumb pandemic. What? The dumbest of my life. I ain't never seen one like this, dead leg. It might, it might have been downgraded, upgraded from dumb to dumbest to most idiotic. It's Although, let's be real here. Just honesty, transparency for the listeners and for the viewers in real time. Welcome to the YouTube chat. If you have not, please hit that thumbs up like button in real time so we can get more people watching. How let down are you right now? That there isn't even is a game, and that you can't be going down to the Cosmo floor to get a little blackjack in for forty-eight hours. Come on, you know, you know honestly, um, I now have more time than I know what to do with in Las Vegas. <laughs> I I'm not somebody who likes to just like sit at a blackjack table by myself and gamble. I don't enjoy that. Like I I don't. I I enjoy being with a good group of people and having a good time at a blackjack table. Like Pete Thamel and I several years ago. Set at the Cosmo, and we had an, an incredible deal. Her name's Brittany. We still follow each other on uh, Instagram. <laughs> we we still we still follow each other on Instagram all these years later. Has Brittany and done the Big Bang Challenge? Is that where you're going with this? She she's never done the Big Bang Challenge. Not that I've seen. I got. I want to. I don't want to speak for her. Okay. I don't feel like that's my place. But uh, I never seen her do one. Uh, but like we had a blast one night with her, and we just had a good table, and like that's a great Vegas night. But the idea that I'm just going to be sitting in a casino at two o'clock in the afternoon playing blackjack by myself, that's just not who I am. I don't enjoy that at all. So I actually wish these games were going off. I hate that, uh, that Mick Cronin is not going to be here. Greatest coach yeah. in UCLA history. Hate that Chris Holtman's not going to be here. Wanted to give him credit for something. And uh, so I do, the doubleheader has been downsized mm-hmm. to a single header. Is that a thing even? Single header? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I might have tweeted it I, it's it's a sta- it's a standalone but yes I, I might have used the phrase single header because uh hair's been on fire so yes we do have a uh we have a single header standalone game at 5 30 eastern on saturday parish will be there as you continue the wind up and set up here um also i really wanted ucla to play in this because i was desperate to say we're good because mick cronin by the way he has tested uh, I don't know if this has been officially reported, but it goes on. Mick Cronin has tested positive for COVID. He was not going to be able to travel with the team. But you are the stand-in. You're the doppelganger. I wanted you coaching UCLA if Mick Cronin couldn't do it. And now that's not even an option because UCLA is not even traveling there. 
I would have coached UCLA happily. I, I would have loved to have seen you coach UCLA. My grandfather is from Southern California. My roots are in my roots are near the UCLA campus. <laughs> the really? Yes. I mean, I'm not sure how, how true that is. Uh, it is true. My grandfather's from Southern California. It's going to be North Carolina against Kentucky here inside T-Mobile Arena Saturday, 5:30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. It's a single header. It's America's most watched network. It's a network of stars. Deadlift. Remember. I swear I never seen one like this. Remember when you asked me in a preseason if even one game would be canceled this season because of COVID? That was hilarious. I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm an idiot. Mm. For anyone unfamiliar, this is called producing in real time. GP and Nada had no idea. This is this is me being exceptionally idiotic all of six weeks ago. How about this one? How about some some optimism? We're going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 5,850 games played the season if most or all go as scheduled. So if the pandemic doesn't go from dumbest to outright idiotic, join me. Zero games canceled due to COVID this season. You Talk to me. liar. Zero. You lose. I, I would take I'd take the over, I guess, but I don't think it's going to be very many Ooh. If, if it if it is any. <laughs> um, <laughs> as our research showed during the Candid Coaches series, most of these teams are vaccinated. Oh, no. And, you know, like there, there's an Aaron Rodgers here or there, but most of these teams are, are either fully vaccinated or nearly fully vaccinated. You lose. And the, the, the testing protocols – um, and the the contact tracing just isn't going to get them. You know, you, you you will have a breakthrough case here or there. We will have players have to sit out games. That that's going to happen for sure. Yeah, nailed that. <laughs> what what really made last season so difficult pre-vaccine is that you'd get two players pop positive, and then contact tracing would knock out another seven, and now you can't play. Well, that's just not going to happen this season. Oh, no. Often. And it might not happen at all. Like this season, if you've got two (laughs) breakthrough cases, in most places, those two guys are going to have to sit down for a minute. Um, But everybody else is going to be fine as long as they're asymptomatic. I mean, they will not even, you know, conferences are going to do this differently. But for the most part, vaccinated players are not going to be tested at, uh, you know, unless they're uh, symptomatic. And uh, all right. um, that's why I'm, yeah. I'm super optimistic. All right, we're gonna we're just gonna fade. I uh I don't know um one game out of a billion. I don't know I don't I don't know how much uh history you have with uh podcasting radio, but uh from my experience, when you say something that is incredibly wrong, just leave it alone. Just let it. Stay it, like once upon a time I made the case for Marvin Bagley being the number one pick in the draft. I never bring that up anymore. I, I don't talk that. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> That's not something I bring up anymore. The only you know, person I, I know who the only person I know who brings up stuff they were completely wrong about all the time is Clay Travis about COVID. That's the only <laughs> person I know who just keep he just keep bringing it up even though he said like four people are going to die. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah, I don't. I don't tend to bring up my. uh 
my wild misses. And we were clearly it's, it's the we sense both- of security and self. And we we you know we let the listeners laugh along at our idiocy. I got no problem. I didn't. To be honest, I played that. I didn't know. I played like the first fifteen seconds early this morning because I was going to make myself look like an idiot. Because I don't care. Whatever. I didn't realize it was going to quickly steer into you hopping in that lane with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> don't drag, don't drag me down with you. I mean, I did. In fairness, I did take the over. I took the over on zero you games did. cancel. So, like, if it was a trivia time, I got it right. But, um, yeah, it's like I've been saying for nearly two years now. I ain't never seen one like this. And we, yeah. and, 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 like, being totally serious, I did not expect this. I did, I did not expect breakthrough cases to, to be this big of a deal. Um, I did not expect us, although I left open the possibility for, but I didn't expect a variant to come in that is, What's the latest number? 70 times more contagious than no, it, it reproduces at 70 times the rate in the lungs. I don't think it's 70. Yeah, right, right. That's right. But it, but it is much more contagious than any other variant we've ever had. Yeah, correct. And here we are. Here we yeah. are. Um, quick background on just how all this came to be. Um, okay. So Ohio State, as GP laid out, it's not going to go. It, it has too many positives. And then UCLA took, I mean, Thursday was an absolute mess here. They were thinking about and trying to get – there were a bunch of teams that were initially um, contacted about doing this. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll mention the teams that have been put out there publicly. Uh, VCU initially was like a lo- super long shot, super long shot. Um, but then UNLV, which doesn't have a game this weekend, was it's right there. Why not, right? Problem is UNLV already has 31 games. So it actually applied to the NCAA for a waiver for a 30-second game regular season uh that just never wound up materializing or mattering because the decision was made to have again a single header standalone game here but unlv was willing to be the 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 team and if not or it could have been northwestern which lost its game this weekend against depaul because depaul is on COVID pause as well and so we will not be having that uh if ucla had been able to play then the question would have become, because the way this was going, it was almost like Carolina, Kentucky might have tried to play each other either way. Because Carolina is, from what I understand, not happy about how long UCLA took to get word out that it wasn't playing. Carolina, rightfully so, needs to prep for an opponent. They're flying across the country. Like, who the hell are we watching on video when we're prepping? Um, so the, the, the weird thing with all that is that if Carolina and Kentucky would have played each other anyway, UCLA would have played northwestern i believe because unlv would not have been able to i don't think unlv would have been approved for a 30 second game it's already played ucla a non-conference play this season it's simply not letting you play a 30 second game so you can play a second time against a non-conference opponent so we aren't getting that uh there's still like i hear i, I hear you i hear you on that but like they're gonna lose if, games i know if, if you're the ncaa yeah they're probably you know he's probably gonna lose a game somewhere yes. so they'll, they'll stay under the threshold and secondly I, I don't know you got a billion dollar television deal with cbs maybe throw them a bone and say hey you need a double header unlv can play i agree with you on this 100 percent. and i and i don't have the reason as we record this in real time friday morning about why that other game didn't get scheduled like you know could you have done unlv versus northwestern because northwestern was looking for a game willing and eager and, and wanting to play one. They're not alone. Uh, real quick, because I'm sure people listening were like, they saw Rick Pitino tweet about it. Just so you know, like Rick Pitino and Iona, that he like knew what he was doing. He was being cheeky. Iona was contracted to play in a separate event with another group 
Um, so like Iona couldn't leave that to go play in another event altogether. Uh, Iona lost this game against Seton Hall. Um, the other element about this before you want to get to talking to whatever else is and talking to numerous people across college basketball on Thursday, here's the deal. Okay. And I don't know if this is specifically what happened with Ohio state and UCLA. Cause I'm told like UCLA's deal in general, this goes back to last season, like, uh, with that university, their doctors, everything like I guarantee you this, Mick Cronin is not making the call on whether UCLA is playing Saturday. It was not his call. 100% was not his call. But I don't know if what I'm about to tell you applies to UCLA and Ohio State, but I know it is a factor. What happens is if you go to Vegas and other parts of the country, uh, these teams have had players test positive on, on consecutive days, right? And they're fully vaccinated. I believe Ohio State and UCLA are both fully vaccinated uh, rosters. They but are. you had a positive here, and then the next day you tested, oh, you had one more or two more positives. And so what happens is um, the doctor will say, or someone will say, listen, you've had this on back-to-back days. You, There's a good chance you might get a th- a, another player or two test positive when you have to test again when you're in Las Vegas. Then what happens? They're positive, they have to quarantine. You're going to leave players behind in Las Vegas on Christmas to sit in a hotel room by themselves for eight, nine, 10 days. You can't do it. So it sucks that we're not getting this double header, but from a logistical real world standpoint. And again, I don't know if this is specifically the reason why Ohio state or UCLA are not going. It could be, it could be one factor among others, but you know, this is something I haven't seen discussed at all. And it is a very real thing. Like you, you got to answer to parents with that. Why are you traveling to this when you had these positives? And now my son and, and his teammate, they're, they're in isolation in Las Vegas in their hotel room over Christmas while they're, everyone else traveled back home. You obviously can't have that. That's a huge factor with this. And so I think that's one of uh, a couple of reasons why those teams can't go. No, that's a good point that you made that <clears throat> it's not as simple as, you know, could you have played or could you not have played? There are other things that have to be considered. And you're obviously right. Dr. Cronin is not making these decisions at UCLA any more than Dr. Holtman is making them at Ohio State. This happens at a level well above them. And I know that some people are now making the case that we got to stop canceling sporting events because of COVID, whether it's the NBA, um, you know, in the NFL. I mean, I saw I think Washington is signing a quarterback today who's probably going to start for them this weekend because Uh – yeah, because their other two quarterbacks are in health and safety. Was. Okay, they I would they I needed to go on HQ for this stuff this morning. They're like, well, we gotta we gotta talk about Taylor Heineke first. I haven't even seen that, but I, I believe it. Yeah, yeah. You know, Washington's top two, first and second quarterbacks, QB one and QB two, as they say. I think I don't know my NFL lingo. Washington's playing a single header on Sunday against somebody. Yeah, they are. And the two quarterbacks are in health and safety. What amounts to health and safety protocols? They're literally signing a quarterback today who will. It appears start for them in a couple of days. It's outrageous. And so people are arguing, people are arguing like that's crazy. Cancel that game or um, don't cancel these basketball games because of COVID cases. Here's, and this will be, this is the among the things I've been consistent about since March 2020. I'm not going to pretend I know more about a virus and how to handle it than health officials then doctors, then epidemiologists. You know, if the conversation turns to premarital sex, I'm comfortable talking about that. I'll overrule some people on that if I have to, because I did it for years. I know everything about it. Okay. I'm going to leave the medical and health decisions up to the medical and health professionals. 
And I don't know. I just sort of always roll my eyes when I see some sports writer acting like he or she knows more about what should be happening than the people whose job it literally is to decide what's happening. And the people who spent their lives studying this and understanding it in ways that most Americans simply don't. So I'll just, uh, I can be disappointed. I can be frustrated. But if you're expecting some seven-minute rant about UCLA should be here no matter what, because this virus isn't actually going to kill, you know, a 19-year-old healthy person, I guess that ain't me. You know, I'm sure you can find somebody to do that, but it ain't going to be me. Yeah, there's and, and listen, as we as we uh, the past 36 hours have been wild. Now, I don't I've seen a little bit of like this feels like March 2020. I don't I'm not panicking uh, the way that, you know, maybe some other people are and maybe panic's even too strong a word. Um, I had two people ask me on Thursday night. Do you think college sports is going to go on a break? I no shot. I don't think so. Well, maybe not. No shot. Again, never say never. Right. But um, too many players vaccinated schools need the home gate, the TV money. I don't think that's on the table. I, I, I've been given no indication that that is the case. I do have the list as we speak in real time. I bet you they're going to people be people that listen to this podcast later on Friday. And this number is going to have grown since I say this, but we have had 15 schools go on COVID pause since the start of the season. Here are the ones that are off, but have previously gone on Abilene Christian, Georgia state, Nevada, Wagner, and Washington, 10 currently paused. And most of these are within the past 24 hours, if not 16 hours, Akron, Cornell, Cleveland state, DePaul, Ohio state, Penn state, Seton hall, Syracuse, Tulane, UCLA, all currently on COVID pause. That's going to continue. I had, um, a couple of coaches tell me, listen, man, on your podcast, I listen to it, uh, which we always appreciate. I always forget, like, the idea that coaches listen to us do this nonsense is hilarious to me. Um, but they were like, listen, man, get the message out there. Uh, we are going to try and get all of our players boosted, like, today and this weekend. Because, like, this is a nuanced discussion, right? And we're going to talk hoops and all that stuff. But this is an important part of college basketball, the integrity of college basketball season. A lot of these coaches I spoke with, Spoke with uh, an AD as well. They said, you know, we don't really have a lot of guys boosted. Some had no guys boosted. Some had a couple of guys boosted. And the reality is um, the player, the t- players have not been tested. I had a coach tell me Thursday night, we had one guy show symptoms, like a little bit of sniffles. Uh, and then it got a little worse the next day. And this was earlier in the week. He was like, it was the first time we had tested a player since the end of September because they've all been fully vaccinated. We haven't need to do it. But now as cases rise, uh, and you're seeing the spread happen more quickly with Omicron, getting your players boosted is going to make it that much less likely that they will exhibit symptoms. If you don't exhibit symptoms, you're not going to need to get tested. And so it is imperative across college basketball for coaches to get their players boosted so that we don't lose games. Like there are going to be more schools that go on pause. We're going to lose more games. We're seeing it. It's going to be fascinating to see how this impacts the college bowls at the football level, the NFL playoffs, the end of the regular season. Um, and if to the, uh, stop the testing crowd, guess what? College basketball really hasn't been testing. All the testing that's been happening has been once players or people on staff have been exhibiting serious symptoms of having caught COVID. That's what triggers the testing. They're not testing every day. They're not testing every week there. And so if you want to make sure that the sport can have as many games as possible going forward, I think getting boosted is paramount because, you know, the battle of January is not going to be any one team playing another team. It's not going to be the Gavit games. It's going to be Delta versus Omicron and what becomes the more dominant variant. The good news about Omicron is that even though it's 
ridiculously transmissible. The early data, we're still early, the early data suggests that it's not nearly as likely to get you hospitalized and severely ill. So if that's the case and you have the booster, you're less likely to show symptoms, which means we should not lose as many games. So I understand this is a complicated conversation, and I understand everyone's finished and tired and sick of the dumbest, most idiotic pandemic of our lifetimes. We're all with you. But we're living this reality again. I don't think the season is at jeopardy, but I do think that Parrish and I on this podcast for the next six to eight weeks, if not for the rest of the season, we are going to be discussing teams that have lost games that are going on pause. And a function of that is because these players, most of them, many of them, they got their second vaccine shot in the spring when they were eligible or when they got to campus in the start of June for summer school and workouts. And guess what? We're now six, six months out. The efficacy wanes. The best way I can put it, and I'll toss it back to you, is this. You get that second shot for six months, you're good. You got a, you got a huge uh, power play advantage on the ice. Or if it, in basketball terms, you're playing like 10 on five. You get the booster shot, you're playing like 20 on five. You have such a better chance of not exhibiting symptoms and catching COVID. And that's what getting the players boosted is what's going to be critical. Because otherwise, we have all these, and I'm going to try and get a story on this next week. We have all these leagues that have these forfeit rules in place. But how is that going to be, how is that even remotely fair? If if these players who have gotten two shots start catching COVID, the 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 standings issue across college basketball and conference play could be disastrous. The leagues are going to have to make a real decision soon. Either you change it to you get boosted or you get the forfeit or the forfeit thing goes out the window, which other people are wary of as well, because there's even some skepticism and cynicism among schools that other schools are just backing out of games because they don't want a chance to loss. There's already that circling now around with at least two programs currently on pause. There are cynics out there saying they could have really played if they wanted to. They didn't want to play because they don't want to take the loss. Could have still had a doubleheader at T-Mobile Arena. North Carolina against Kentucky, followed by Delta versus <laughs> Omicron. Who do you think's the favorite in that well, one? Delta versus Omicron being the second matchup is critical because you got to get everyone else out of the arena before those two go at it. Like everyone's right. got to leave. Yeah, we're going to leave. We're going to watch that on TV. America's most watched network, network of stars. I think Delta variant probably still a favorite. That's a, that's a hell of a matchup. Give me Omicron minus three and a half. The problem with Omicron is they just come at you in waves. They come, they have numbers yeah. on you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look, they you, got numbers on you. Turn your back, you look again, there's suddenly 7 million more of them. That's the problem with Omicron. It's, it's a hell of a deal. So, single header, T-Mobile Arena, Kentucky, and North Carolina. We'll talk about that next. First, though, check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. 
and our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. So it's now official. It wasn't when I woke up this morning. It became official as I was rubbing my eyes. Kentucky, North Carolina, 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on CBS Sports. Not the game we expected to watch, but still two Blue Blood programs. Still a fun matchup. I'll be there. You will be there. That's right. Um, sorry, I'm sending out a tweet in real time to for people to come watch. Thank you to our live listeners. Continue to like, subscribe, comment. We appreciate you. This is a big game for both these teams. Both preseason top 25 teams. Both teams that I anticipated would be in the conversation to, uh, like Kentucky, I thought it would be in the three-seed realm once we got to March. Carolina, I was more, uh, let's say six-seed. Right now, Carolina's going, Carolina's trending better right now than Kentucky is. Would you agree with that? Well, Carolina's at least, you know, uh, you know, after a, a, a less than ideal start, Carolina has looked like a better version of itself uh, over the past couple of weeks, whereas Kentucky, you know, it's December 17th, and they still have beaten nobody and lost to both good teams that they play. That's right. By the way, in real time here, CBS, we now have a triple header. Triple header. Louisville versus Western Kentucky is going to air at 3 p.m. Eastern on Saturday on CBS. The first game will be Gonzaga versus Texas Tech out of Phoenix at the Jerry Colangelo Classic. We're going to get to that later in our picks. Um, and GP and I will be on CBS Sports HQ before that game tips off. But I let, literally just landed. So Louisville, Western Kentucky will be part of a triple header. It will be a single header in Las Vegas. Carolina has been able to win five straight games. Uh, including a home win over a Michigan team that's obviously slumping. They won at Georgia Tech, and uh, they look good in a, in a second-half rally versus Furman. Kentucky hasn't played since the loss against Notre Dame. Um, right now, Kentucky needs this more desperately, although Carolina could really use it uh, to get a nice neutral court win. At I saw him in person when they lost uh, Purdue to and Tennessee at the Hall of Fame Classic in Mohegan Sun. Uh, what was that, three weeks ago there? So, yeah, a compelling game. Carolina tends to bring out the best in Kentucky. Vegas was actually the site. Were you? I was not there. Were you there? Malik, Malik Monk. Monk. You were yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, that. That is the Kentucky North Carolina game I remember most. I mean, they played in the Elite Eight at FedEx Forum a few yeah. years ago. That was that was terrific. That was and, Lonzo and De'Aaron Fox, I think. That was, and I believe that's the De'Aaron Fox, uh, like bawling his eyes out after losing, not getting to the Final Four. I'm pretty sure that's what happened in the locker room afterward. Like a very famous viral clip that happened there. But yeah, these teams, by the way, also play this this situation. Kentucky and Carolina fans will remember this. Everyone else probably forgets because it's all the stuff blends together. This exact same situation um, materialized a year ago. Kentucky played Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic, which was in Cleveland without fans when UCLA couldn't play. So they are playing in back-to-back -back seasons. Um, last season, Kentucky, which obviously had a bad season, they lost to UNC 75-63. So we'll see if the script gets flipped this year. Yeah, well, well hold on. I was said Lonzo Ball. Like There was a UCLA. Was it UCLA-Kentucky in the NCAA tournament? No, it was Luke May hitting the shot to beat Kentucky. <laughs> you did say Lonzo Ball. Yeah. It was it – was, it was, Kentucky, Carolina, because Luke May hits the shot to send Carolina to the Final Four. Remember? I've got it now. So Kentucky played UCLA in the Sweet 16. Bada bing. 
and then played North Carolina in the Elite Eight. Were you on hand there? Or were you in studio for CBS? Because that I was in I Memphis. was. You were in Memphis. You I was not in Memphis. I was. You know, I, I, yeah, I was in Memphis. They don't let me go to Memphis because you live in Memphis. I would love to go to Memphis, but I've yet to ever be there. Memphis is the home base for CBSSports.com between me and David Cobb. That's correct. Although he's not in Memphis anymore, he's, so he's never ventured, mind on that. He's ventured elsewhere. By the way, you're going to have to vamp here. Things have been so nuts up in my office. I, I don't have my computer plug, and we are live. I have to go and get my computer plug downstairs. This is going to take about two minutes. So you're just going to talk about the – I got I to gotta go get my plug. Talk about the matchup. I'll be back. I got to plug this thing in because I cannot have my computer die in real time on this podcast. I'll see you later, dead leg. I'll take it by myself. So it's Kentucky, North Carolina here in Vegas. And Norlander brought up um, the most memorable, I think probably the most memorable CBS Sports Classic game was that Kentucky, uh, North Carolina game a few years ago when Malik Monk went wild uh, to lift the Wildcats uh, to a victory. And so now you've got two teams uh, playing on Saturday. And I think Norlander's right. Kentucky probably needs this more desperately and i use that word loosely this is december there's nothing desperate about anything um between two power conference teams this early in the calendar because if you're in the sec or the acc you've got plenty of opportunities in front of you regardless of what happens on december 18th not so much the case if you're say an aac team or an atlantic 10 team or you know somebody who's not playing in a league with a uh, a number of other teams that are projected to make the NCAA tournament that have strong computer numbers that can um, give you quad one opportunities and quad two opportunities. But if you play in the SEC or the ACC, you're going to have those shots. You know, all throughout the month of January, all throughout the month of February, throughout the first few weeks uh, of March. So there's nothing desperate about it. But if you were I think trying to identify which team needs this more. I think it probably is Kentucky because single uh, uh, season opener, they played Duke and they only lost by eight, but they so clearly looked like the inferior team. They weren't, they didn't look as talented. They didn't look as athletic. They didn't look as good. And then they played seven straight games against mostly nothing. Ohio's in there and Ohio's, Ohio's, you know, a good mid-major team, but it's a good mid-major team. Like, you're not supposed to blink at Ohio if you're the University of Kentucky, but like Ohio's a real opponent. So they win that one, but it's still, you know, not top 100 at Kimpom. And then they go on the road last weekend, first true road game, first power conference opponent since the Duke game, and they lose 66-62 at Notre Dame. So now here we are entering, you know, the the it's December 17th and Kentucky has zero top 100 wins over top 100 Kimpom teams. They're 0 and 2 against top 100 Kimpom opponents. And if you don't knock off North Carolina on a neutral court on Saturday, this weekend, uh, then you drop to 0 and 3 heading into your rivalry game against Louisville. And it's not like this is coming off of, or coming on the heels of like some incredible season at Kentucky. They were terrible last season. And if you're terrible last season, I know it's a totally different cast of characters. Um, and obviously I think a, a, a better basketball team, but you come off a bad season and then just kind of have an okay season. That's not a, that's not where Kentucky basketball is ever so supposed to be. So 
no matter what happens on Saturday between these two teams, I'm not worried about either one of them long-term, I don't think. But it will be wild if you wake up on December 19th and Kentucky's still sitting here like mm-hmm. nearly six weeks into the season and they've beaten nobody. I would agree with you. This is a this is a big time game and a big time opportunity. Um, love the head to head matchup of Oscar Shibway going against uh, North Carolina's front court there and seeing what uh, UNC might be able to uh, to do there with Baycott and company. Um, Shibway, by the way, I'll have a list published on CBSSports.com at some point here on Friday of just you know the top ten national player of the year candidates at this point. It was actually tough to get it down to ten. I put Shibway on that list. Kentucky hasn't been. Record-wise, you know, performance-wise, reflective of that, but um, he, you know, he might he might be like an 18 and 16 guy. So I I, I included him on the list in there, and we'll see if he can uh, be a, a truly dominating force in this particular game. Thanks for vamping. This is if there's anyone that could do this, by the way, I was gone all of what 70 seconds there, but you, I mean, come on now, you could you could do that in your sleep. Uh, but I appreciate you, buddy. I looked up on I, my. I, I am do, I'm, I am doing it in my sleep. <laughs> all right, he is Paris is podcasting while sleeping right now as we speak um big time opportunity uh for both um and i I, the other element to this is you know these teams like i gotta think carolina when it flew like both teams flew to vegas on thursday night i gotta think just as a obvious precaution both staffs just started pulling up video of the other team in case this wound up being the matchup because again like a little behind the scenes you know, Carolina, uh, I think a reporter uh, tweeted this out on Thursday as well. Carolina delayed leaving by like three hours because it was waiting to hear from UCLA if it was playing. Like Carolina didn't want to get on a plane unless it was assured it was going to have a game. So you got to figure it looked at some Kentucky tape and now it's going to spend today, obviously, prepping. But this is a, a weird quick turnaround. Not impossible. You get this in the tournament. You know, you play one opponent, but at least, you know, it's like, all right, if we win, we're going to get one of these other two opponents there. There was no like outright guarantee they were playing Kentucky until Friday morning. So the element of um, familiarity with the coach, with the coaches to an extent, Roy's not there anymore, but also uh, what you know, I was going to say the element of familiarity. Roy's not there. Cal is what? coaching staff. Oh, OK. What? What? Roy Williams is not there? That's right. Well, at least we still have Mike Krzyzewski heading in, you know, for years to come. How about we put up a poll in the uh, in the chat there, Nada? Let's see what the listeners watching and viewers in real time think. Kentucky, Carolina, who's going to win the game? Because I actually think it is a it's a good little toss up there. I haven't even had time to check the line in real time. Do we know? I'm I'm on top of it. Ken Palm has it. Kentucky minus one. Okay, I wonder what the Caesars line is. That should come out pretty soon here. Um, but I'm curious to see what the what the viewers think. Who's gonna Who's gonna win this one? Because I think it's pretty that that Kempom projection reflects pretty well upon it. But hey, it's still a big time game between two schools that I don't think you can overstate it. They need it for their non conference, and there's just the looming threat now that you could lose one, two, three, four games in league play that you can't get made up, and that will impact your resume. Um, and uh, here it goes. Well, about split Kentucky UNC right now. But I uh, appreciate everyone chiming in in real time. And uh, that's what I got. I can't wait to watch this. Paris is going to be there. He'll be on CBS Sports HQ before the game. And I presume, I presume after. But we will have you covered on CBS Sports HQ as well. If you are unfamiliar, that is the 24 7 news network that, you know, we've been doing for years now. You'll notice I even rocked the, uh, the company. This is one of my favorite. I know you have this too. You can go, I won't. This is a North Face. This is one of my favorite pieces of clothing. It is so ridiculously comfortable and usable in so many different spots here. So 
it's it's soft. Yes. I'm a big believer in the in the softness of great, things. Great zipper integrity. Love this. Just great good. great zipper integrity. And also, if you're ever in a pinch, a pinch, a pinch, yeah. a pinch, you can throw it on and go on CBS Sports HQ and it looks like you're still like uh you know repping the company and nobody says put a tie on. What 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 hit did you do with that? I assume that's personal experience right there. Oh my I did final four, seven AM. There we go. After being asleep for 90 minutes that's right i said listen i'll do it because because it's my job <laughs> but i can't put a tie on that early in the morning that's outrageous it's too much can't have it right it's it's too much um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens on the boards in this game you mentioned Shibway. he's a monster uh highest offensive rebounding percentage in the country uh which makes kentucky kentucky a great offensive rebounding uh team um, and North Carolina is typically like one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. They're not this year. Kentucky's number one in offensive rebounding percentage, largely because of Shibwe. And that number is at you know 45.0%. North Carolina, and this is really a, a direct byproduct. We've talked about this before, I think, of Hubert Davis sort of abandoning the Roy Williams way of playing two traditional bigs. He's playing more of a stretch four um, in, in most lineups um, with either Brady Manick or Dawson Garcia playing the four. Like last year, they would go Armando Baycott and Garrison Brooks at the four five big and big. Now it's, it's, it's Baycott with Manick and Garcia or Garcia at the four. And sometimes they'll go small and, and like play Dawson Garcia at what amounts to the five. And that obviously adds shooting and it adds spacing, all the things that would frustrate some North Carolina fans sometimes about Roy's um, desire to play traditional bigs at the same time. But what you lose by doing that is an ability to be overwhelming on the offensive glass. And so, you know, North Carolina in a span of one year goes – from ranking first in offensive rebounding percentage as a team to now they rank 115th in the country. And so what used to be a strength for that program is no longer a strength. They're just average at it. And again, the, the good part of it is supposed to be that you shoot more from three, you shoot better from three and you create, you know, driving lanes for Caleb love or whatever, and that is there. They're shooting 40.9% from three as a team. That ranks top 10 in the country. Um, but, you know, keeping Shibwe off the offensive glass and eliminating those extra Kentucky opportunities is probably going to be a factor. And I guess what I'm saying is last year's North Carolina team was probably better equipped to do it than this year's North Carolina team. So we're going to, I figure we're going to lead off our weekend predictions with this game right here, right, my man? I prepared the final four and one last night with no idea exactly what game we were going to be able to look at. So I did not put it in the final four and one. So we must predict it in advance of the final four and one. Okay. This is not a fine. You know what? I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with that. What's your, what's your, but let's just predict it for fun here. What do you got? I'm not, I'm going to predict, I'm going to predict it for business, not fun. I'm serious. I'm 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 going to have some fun here. I'm not having fun at all. I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead serious when I predict this. No funsies. North Carolina, 
68, Kentucky, 66. Give me Kentucky, 75, North Carolina, 70. Give me the Wildcats so we disagree. Give me the Wildcats to win in a pretty solid game, but with about two and a half, three minutes to go, even though Carolina will be within shouting distance, it'll look like, yeah, Kentucky deserves to win this game. They get a good performance. They bounce back well, and uh, they walk away with a much-needed W in non-conference play. Delta variant, 78. Omicron, 71. Those, those are in counts of billions, right? Billions. Billions, yeah. 71 billion. Game one. You ready for the final four and one? Uh, absolutely not. Normally, I prep for this. I don't. I have no idea what games you're about to give me, and I'm going to pick my fifth one on the fly after I know what we've taken. I'm not even remotely ready, which is my preferred speed. Let's go. Game one, Saturday, noon Eastern, number 18, Tennessee versus Memphis inside Yeezus Arena, downtown Nashville. Ken Palm has it, Tennessee minus five. You can watch it on ESPN2. Yeezus Arena. I heard a rumor that Kennedy Chandler's from Memphis. Can you? It's my, little, it's my little homie. That's my little homie from Memphis. He's okay. been terrific. He's averaging fourteen point six points, five assists, three rebounds, one point nine steals, shooting forty percent from three, seventy eight percent from the free throw line, having an incredible freshman season. Could be the star inside Yeezus Arena on Saturday. Before I pick, can you remind me if you know off the top of your head because uh, Memphis, Tennessee have a three year deal home home neutral where do we fall in this because after this the series is apparently going to go away for a while which is disgraceful but apparently that's what it's set to do where are we falling do you know off the top of your head where we fall in that process right now is this the last one or do we have another one next year this is the last one um they are working on renewing a series in some form it appears rick barnes wants to do it perhaps but only in nashville like every year nashville no memphis no knoxville let's just go to nashville um penny I think is open to anything. Mm-hmm. If you remember a few years ago, like they, <laughs> Penny said, F, Rick Barnes, get the F out of here. I know, which is now like the 74th most <laughs> intriguing thing of Penny Hardaway's. But at the time it was awesome and incredible. But now, you know, few people remember that. But yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I think like those guys aren't friends, but I, they, they, I think they respect each other. Like they're cool. Yeah. They're not friends, but they're cool. And um, so hopefully for, um, both programs, they can figure that out. And I mean, I would prefer let's do it at Thompson Bowling one year, FedEx Forum the next. We've been over how much I like um, home and homes as opposed to neutral courts. But, uh, you know, annually on a Saturday in December in Nashville is a fun trip for Memphians and folks from Knoxville and people throughout the state. So um, if that's the best you can do, fine with me. But Memphis and Tennessee should be playing basketball against each other. You take it in any form, but man, I actually almost like for these two, I almost like Memphis, Knoxville, Nashville. Just do that. Like every, I kind of like that. That kind of gets you a little best of best of all worlds there. Parrish, I got to take Tennessee here. Number one defensive team in, in, uh, in efficiency at Ken Palm. Um, if you told me it was like seven, I might hesitate. Memphis is coming off a really good game. Now, as much as we learned about the Tigers, after the win over Alabama, I think you can learn just as much in this spot. Tennessee is the better team. This is a neutral court. How are you going to respond to that? Are we going to see Memphis have the same kind of liveliness, urgency? Uh, I don't want to say attention to detail because Memphis did play with its hair on fire and spurts in that game as well, but it worked for him. Kennedy Chandler, 
who I have heard is from Memphis. My little homie. Running running the offense as a freshman. He's been solid this season. How he responds to that. And, uh, you know, this is, this is a John Fulkerson special. It's time. Let's go. Let's go, John. Let's go, Victor Bailey. Step up big time here. Tennessee getting this kind of win would uh, would certainly benefit its case, too, because the only win it has over a potential to likely reasonable NCAA tournament team is North Carolina. No one else at this point. Beat Colorado on the road. That's a nice win. Buffaloes almost certainly are gonna, aren't going to be a tournament team this year. They're tricking none of the computers, as GP would tell you. So I will take Tennessee to win and to cover. I'll take Memphis plus the points. Five seems like a big number to me. Um, Tennessee on paper should win the game, uh, given everything we've seen <laughs> short of Memphis's last game, like if Memphis plays like it did against Alabama. Uh, and I don't mean just like plays well, I mean, actually plays the way it played eight man rotation. If Imani Bates is not playing well, bench him. Like, mm-hmm. I think you've got to give Imani a chance. Like sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that person doesn't need to be playing. Take him out of the rotation. That's not where I'm at on Amani Bates. Because if Memphis is going to maximize what Memphis is going to be, Amani Bates at some point probably got to be a part of that. But in a game of this magnitude, you know, we were talking earlier about Kentucky, North Carolina. And one of the points I made, as you just walked away, is that, you know, Kentucky's got plenty of opportunities in front of it in the SEC schedule. You're playing LSU. You're playing Auburn. You're playing Tennessee, you're playing Alabama and Arkansas. Like you got a million opportunities. Uh, North Carolina, not as many because the ACC's down, but still enough opportunities. Memphis has three games on, on, on its regular season schedule against top 50 Kimpom teams left. Tennessee, two against Houston. Memphis doesn't have a lot of opportunities. And so when you're playing East Carolina or, you know, some other less fortunate AAC school, you can let Amani Bates play through his stuff. If he's going to go two a 10, that's fine. You still win the game by 10. You should. But in a game of this magnitude, put him out there. If he's going, great. If he's not, get him out and, and, and stick to playing your best college basketball players as opposed to your best NBA prospects. And so if Penny keeps the rotation short, plays the right people, um, I won't be surprised if Memphis wins the game. But Tennessee's favored for a reason. Um, I'll take the points, though. Plus five. Seems like a big number. Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Number five, Gonzaga. Versus number 25, Texas Tech. Inside the Flash Flood Center. Phoenix, Arizona. Ken Palm has it. Gonzaga minus six. You can watch it, I think. Is it on CBS? It is on CBS. This is America's most watched network is the network of stars. This is the first game of the triple header. And again, Parrish and I will be on at some point in the noon Eastern hour on CBS Sports HQ for a for a fat 15 minute segment to preview this, the CBS Sports Classic and anything else. So if you want to watch this in a different setting when I'm on the other side of my office and GP will probably be like that. The bummer about this, by the way, Parrish has got the Vegas strip behind him, but. The sun's just, you know, it's really washing out his uh, his view there. I wanted to see your cosmopolitan hotel room, but again, he had to adjust some desks and all this stuff. So it's a letdown, man. Those Cosmo rooms are nice. I wanted the viewers to see, and this is what we're getting. Well, I was going to have the Las Vegas, uh, you know, I was going to have Las Vegas in the background. And the problem, of course, is that the sun was washing me out completely. It was either you, you could see the buildings behind me or my face. 
put that on a poll. See what people would rather look at my face or the buildings behind me. I'm going to toss it up. Nada. Probably the buildings behind me, but um, yeah, I had to close the blinds. Some last minute redecorating here in the hotel room. (laughs) All right. Uh, As for this game, I'm going to take Gonzaga to cover, but reluctantly Uh, Texas tech is physical. They, they have, I don't want to say they've mastered, but I don't know if there's any team, because this is what Mark Adams' deal has been uh, going back years now when he was uh, the defensive coordinator under Chris Beard at TTU. Texas Tech is better at at getting away with more just muck it up, ride the hip, physical, arm, you know, uh, you know, arm checks, all this stuff, really like pushing the envelope of what's allowed from a physicality standpoint than almost any other team, and Gonzaga is not that. Tech doesn't have the athleticism in the backcourt that, Teams like Alabama and Baylor last season have it doesn't quite have that, but it does have some dudes for sure. Uh, so I think there's a chance that Tech might be able to ugly this game up. It wants to it wants to try and keep Gonzaga obviously under 75 points, ideally under 70 if you can, and have a chance at winning it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be quite able to do that. I'll take Gonzaga to narrowly, narrowly um, get this win and the cover, and mark me down for a pretty good game game from Chet Holmgren. Give me a give me three three pointers from Chet which I don't have his log up yet uh, in front of me. I don't think he's, I think he's yet to hit as many as three in a game. I could be wrong. Uh, maybe he did in the, in the season opener, but um, he hasn't been able to do that on an every game basis. I think he has a nice game in Gonzaga wins, but say by seven or eight. Flash flood center. My wife and I celebrated our anniversary in uh, Scottsdale this earlier this year. Flash floods the entire time, multiple. It rained the entire time. We did nothing except sit in a, we stared at the rain, rain, Keck, rain-covered cacti. We just pour a drink and stare at rain-covered cacti. Okay. Who goes to Scottsdale and just rains the whole time? What That's... A, what a ridiculous situation that was. Just a few weeks ago, we were like, uh, Gonzaga minus eight against anybody. And now Gonzaga's only got to lay six against Texas Tech? I'm laying the points. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. You give up on the Zags too easily. I said they're going to win and cover. I just think it's going to be a close call. Well, if they cover, it's not a close call. It, and they're, it's going to be a close call to them covering. Like, I got them covering by, like, one or two points. Uh, not a close call if they win by 16. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't care what you think. You're asking me to pick the game. <laughs> Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Number one Baylor at Oregon inside Dylan Brooks Arena. Dylan the villain. That's a that's a Memphis Grizzlies favorite right there. Nine and one since John Morant was sidelined with a knee injury. The surging Grizzlies are now fourth in the West. Hey, I got a text by the way. It's a blind item because only Dylan Brooks to NBA. I got this like ten minutes ago. Text from a source. Keep your eyes on the NBA today. That's all it says. Keep your eyes on the NBA. I was planning on keeping my eyes on the NBA today anyway. Something else is coming down. So I don't know what that is, but anyway. I was gonna keep, I'm hopefully it has nothing to do with Dylan Brooks. I assume this is tied to COVID stuff, but hopefully, I'll, hopefully that's not something exceedingly drastic. But anyway, well now now I'm gonna divert my eyes from the NBA. Divert. I'm gonna divert my eyes from the NBA. What's the Kim, line of this? Kim Bomb has it Baylor minus eight. You can watch it on ESPN two. To you, does that line feel trappy? You think some funny business is going on. Baylor's nine and zero. Oregon is six and five. It's coming off a 
dominating 25-point home win Wednesday night against Portland. I don't know. Again, Lillard's having a rough year. They they can't get him in this game, can they? Dana Allman can't. He can't do that. That's not allowed. He's not Good allowed though. to play. I wouldn't put anything past Oregon. <laughs> okay. I feel like they could get that done one way or another. Oregon versus Omicron. Well, who do you like there? You going to take Oregon? I'll take Omicron minus four. All right, good. Because you know what? If you were about to take Oregon, I'm going to save that in the bank for later this year if Oregon loses games. <laughs> you did the right thing, my friend. Um, man. All right. Just give me Oregon's back to back outright Pac-12 champions. They stink, but they shouldn't be bad. Where's your heart at? I mean, at some point, where's your heart at? We got some lock of the year talk on Baylor covering in this game. Lock of the year means run like hell. Give me Oregon to cover Baylor to win. I think I think I'll take Baylor to win Oregon to cover. That's a pretty big number against the back to back. That's a that's a that's the that's a pretty big number for the back to back outright Pac twelve champs. Like at some point, doesn't Oregon and Dana Altman just have to be respectable? It's not like they don't have players. Although Quincy Gary, I noticed this last night, he's just been okay this year. He's a transfer from Syracuse, averaged like fourteen points per game last season. Um, he's only averaging eight point three points. Uh, career low forty four point two percent from the field. Uh, career low 54.5% from the free throw line, not playing as much, not doing as much. It's true. I, I guess if you're running from all the Bayheims, taking all the shots, you got to go somewhere, but uh, not off to a great start at Oregon. Prediction, Quincy Gary, breakout game. Baylor wins. Oregon covers the eight. Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Number 17, Texas. Versus Stanford inside Spearmint Rhino Arena. Oh, gosh. Spearmint Rhino Arena. I'll tell you one thing. You don't ever want to have to go back and get your credit card the next day at Spearmint Rhino Arena. You don't want to be the, have to be the guy who has to drive the other guy and then wait outside as you wait on that person to go into Spearmint Rhino Arena to get his credit card the next day. It's just a weird place to leave your credit card, you know? Be clear. I was the guy driving the other guy. Was not the guy you know, encountering such an establishment the night before, not me. Just got to remember to get your credit card, you know? Uh, That's a parade every single Saturday and Sunday morning of just every 17 minutes. It's a different dude just walking into that thing, going to get a credit card. You got to put, got to put an alert on your phone. You know, I wish there was an alert button. I could smash for that. When you walk out, it says, hey, get your credit card, idiot. You don't want to come back here tomorrow at 2 in the afternoon, <laughs> you scumbag. <laughs> Ken Palm has it, Texas minus 8. You can watch it on ABC. Stanford won. Right? Did Stanford win last night? Yeah, hold on, I'm checking right now. Yeah, beat Dartmouth in overtime. Dartmouth taking Stanford to overtime. Stanford is 6-3. and three. Neutral, I... We're going to be in our friends at the, at the cover three podcast. They do a, they do a three and four man pod. We can't handle that. We might, you know, we'll flirt maybe with a three man thing. Cobb did a good job. 
Cobb wants to get back in and obviously Booney, you're welcome anytime you want. So maybe we'll flirt with the occasional three men pod and get fun here, but they have something called lock unity. So when all four of them pick the same, we can't, two people is not lock unity, but I think we're going to have lock unity on this with a two man style. We're both taking Texas, right? Is there any case you can make for Stanford? We've been offended by Stanford since it started. Like, what was it like? 11 and 0 and we were all in and then they proceeded to just suck. <laughs> we got duped. Stanford's not good with us. Yeah, Jared Hess is in his sixth season, still zero NCAA tournament appearances at Stanford, 44 and 49 um, in Pac-12 games since he's been there. And now they're off to another rough start. Um, they, you know, it's not like they haven't had players. You know, they've got a five-star right now. I know. Harrison Inger, he's leading the team in scoring, I think. They had, they had Zaire Williams. They had a one-and-done in Tyrell Terry. My homie Ken's little nephew. Shouts to Ken Terry. Um, and they're just, they had a top 15 class in 2017, and they've just never been able to break through. And I doubt it's this year. And, you know, Texas is sitting here a little bit like Kentucky in the sense that they've got players, they've got a great coach. We think they're good, but they ain't beat anybody yet. You know, seven and two with losses to Gonzaga and Seton Hall. Zero wins over top 175 Kimpon teams, which means the Longhorns are 0-2 against good competition. Stanford, I don't think, is good competition, but, you know, that's who you're playing, so you got to win the game. Yeah, I'll lay the points with the with Chris Beard's Longhorns. All right, before we get to the fifth game here, we now have a first for this season. We have a 16th team. Loyola, Maryland. Oh, no, not Loyola, Maryland. Is on pause. Loyola, Maryland was the replacement team for Cleveland State for Duke. So Duke has now lost two Saturday games. I don't think Duke's going to play a game this weekend now because of this. Can you get a team to agree to come down? Although I was told there were a couple of halfway decent teams willing to go play Duke and Duke said no. So I don't know. I don't know if Duke's going to want to schedule someone on this quick of a turnaround. Um, This happened in the past couple of minutes here. Uh, no, yeah. Duke is actively pursuing an opponent for Saturday. Teams that need games. Northwestern, VCU, Rick Patino and Iona. Rick Patino and Iona need a game. Can we please can we please get Rick Patino versus Mike Krzyzewski in his final? Did you hear? Did you hear it? Did you this is this is Mike Krzyzewski's final season coaching? Get right out of my face. What in the world? I know. Um, have you reported that yet? I have, and I'm reporting it again in, in real time here. So anyway, that just happened. That's now a 16th team. In all seriousness, like, Duke, take the game. Iona needs a game. Let Iona go travel down to Durham, and let's have Patino versus Krzyzewski. Come on now. Give it give it to us. Give it to us. And when the last time, last time Patino versus K would have happened? Trying to think if Louisville would have played. I don't know. Off the top of my head. Maybe the listeners in real time. Or if you're listening after the fact, you know, you can let us know. So anyway, that's a that's an adjustment in real time. Before I pick my game. I saw I saw Tim My didn't Tim Miles uh, tweet like uh call us Duke, we'll play you. Yeah, he did. He did. Get Tim, get Tim I, I Miles. Think, I think get, San Jose State has a game this weekend. I don't know. I, I hear you. I don't do, do, do you realize Tim Miles is the guy who turned Pinnacle Bank into a monster? Again, we might need to fact check that. There was that one year where you could not go in Pinnacle Bank. Every other year you go in whenever you want. It doesn't matter. Especially this year. 
But there was that one year you couldn't go into Pinnacle Bank and, and get out of there alive, and that was directly – that was – Tim Miles' fingerprints were all over that one. Honestly, like, if you were a low-major or mid-major team and you could get an on-the-fly game at Cameron Indoor, like, wouldn't you do it just to take your team to have that experience? Like, you get to play against the number one pick in the draft and inside Cameron Indoor and against Coach K in his final season? I would do it. Someone I'll, do, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it right now. I'll get me. I'll, I'll get a team together. Um, I can't remember the last time Louisville played Duke when Patino was there in the ACC. Just, I don't know. It's not popping in mind. All right, games to know. If you're watching in real time right now, Bonnie's Virginia Tech four o'clock Friday on ESPN two in Charlotte. Okay, good opportunity. Bonnie's kind of. I'm not going to say need it, but if they can get that, they had two non-conference opponents left of from power, or only two from power conferences. They lost against UConn last weekend. Now they get Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's been way up and down. Like Virginia Tech needs the game as much as just as much as the Bonnies. And then eight o'clock on Friday night, Villanova versus Creighton. Creighton had been off to a nice start. Then it lost at home to a bad Arizona State team, and so now Creighton could really use that. Villanova. Three losses, but all have come against top 10 opponents. This is also a road game there. We will, if, uh, if the Wildcats lose, I think we'll be forced to chat uh, Jay Wright's team on the Sunday pod. One other game of note on Friday, um, that's a late tip, 10 o'clock out in Phoenix. St. Mary's is playing San Diego State. That's also as part of the same event, um, I believe, the Jerry Colangelo Classic there. So a couple of really good mid-majors. St. Mary's is 37th at Ken Palm. San Diego State is 45th at Ken Palm. Uh, that's a wonderful Friday game. So that's your that's your Friday games to know there. Um, elsewhere on Saturday, I'm going to have to pick my game in real time. I think I know which one I'm going to go with here. So, um, Utah state versus Iowa is not the game. That's a nine o'clock tip on big 10 network. Both could be tournament teams this year. And that's, uh, that's in Sioux falls. That's in the, in the Pentagon, if you will, South Dakota, that's going down there. West Virginia plays at UAB. Andy Kennedy might have the best team in conference USA. That's two top 45 Ken Palm teams. West Virginia only has one loss was in my power rankings that went up on Thursday this week. So that's an intriguing one there. Auburn only has one loss. It plays at St. Louis. So you've got some uh, ranked teams, top 25 level teams, you know, single loss teams playing on the road uh, this, this weekend. Again, you've got Louisville, Western Kentucky. That's Louisville on the road. That'll be on CBS at two 30. Um, and then you've got Oklahoma state playing Houston. Houston's in a tricky spot here. Oklahoma state's still good. I can't, can't go to the tournament. Um, but uh, keep an eye on that. And then Providence at UConn, 5 o'clock on Fox on Saturday. Providence has one loss going on the road, UConn, uh, for some viability in the Big East there. Um, so that's another another good one. Georgia Tech versus USC, not as quite as compelling. USC should win. But USC, I think, is the most underdiscussed, overlooked, really, really good team right now. And we'll see if it can maintain its top 10, maybe even close to to top five status there. GP hit on really the only game of note on Sunday. The only one else I'd mention is San Francisco is still undefeated and it has back-to-back games. It plays Grand Canyon Saturday and it plays Arizona State on Sunday. I highlighted San Francisco along with Colorado State in my court report on Wednesday. It could be the two best mid-majors when we look up in, in a month or so uh, in the sport. We'll see. I think Colorado State's got a really good shot there. San Francisco is off to its best start in more than four decades. We'll see if the Dons can get out of the weekend undefeated. And if they do, I think GP is going to have no choice but to um, but to rank Todd Golden's team. So those are other oh, games. I always have a choice. You do. You do. If you want to continue to disrespect Bill Russell's alma mater, I guess that's on you, my friend. 
last game. You ready? San Francisco, San Francisco was my first team out of the top twenty-five and one for whatever that's worth. They would not, be, someone's going to lose. They're going to if they don't lose, they're going to be in. But I they I, would they would if if I did twenty-seven as of this morning, uh, San Francisco would be twenty-seven. That's right. Um, someone <laughs> I was looking at the screen, so I didn't see the, us talking. Someone said you were in checked out mode, which I always love. That's fine. It's for the listeners' benefit. All right, game number five. Now, here, here's the truth. Here's the truth. Let me tell you the truth about my little oh. situation here. I have an end table here. And then a little coffee table thing here. I had to rearrange this entire room. And so for me to sit up straight, I'm really far away from the microphone. So I have to lean into the microphone and it looks like I'm in checkout mode, but I'm not in checkout mode. I heard you called like five different mid-major teams, the best mid-major team in the country. You're in sicko mode right now. That's what you're in. It's a shame. It's a shame what happened down at Astro World. It is. It is. Um, all right. Last game. I'm going to give you uh it's the last it's the last year of the Crossroads Classic. So oh. Purdue versus Butler is not the game, but that's the first one. That is noon tip on Fox. And then the other one is Notre Dame versus Indiana. You know, the news came out Indiana's going to play Kansas home and home. Getting that game is sac- means sacrificing the Crossroads. And I think I'm good with that. Crossroads has been around for a decade. If maybe they can revive it five or six years down the road, maybe make it an every other year kind of thing. I think it's great for that state, that region, getting those four big universities in the state of Indiana to play a doubleheader. Not a single header, but a doubleheader. I think that's cool. But I'm okay. Again, you tell me I can have neutral site games or I can trade it for tournament-level teams playing in hostile environments. I'm taking the latter every single time. So give me Indiana, Kansas. At, you know, If that means you got to sacrifice the Crossroads Classic, I'm good with that. So this year is the final one for the foreseeable future. And you will have Notre Dame against Indiana. This is the fifth game we will pick. Um, it is a 2.30 tip on Fox. Ken Palm has the line at Indiana minus three. Who you got? I'll lay the points with Indiana. I mean, I know Notre Dame just beat Kentucky, but that was at home. This will be on a neutral a neutral probably suggests to me that Indiana has a crowd advantage, although I'm, I'm happy to wait and see. Um, I think Indiana's good. Like, I, I know they lost to Syracuse in that weird double overtime game and um, lost at Wisconsin. But I think that's a I think that's a good basketball team that'll be in the NCAA tournament. I'm I'm not certain, even after the win over Kentucky, that Notre Dame's going to get there. I think Indiana will get I, I will keep it simple. I think Indiana's slightly better than Notre Dame. I'll lay the three points with Indiana. I also think Indiana is better than Notre Dame. I also think Indiana is going to win and cover that line and win by more than three points. It should be noted, Indiana's best win to this point is against St. John's. Did lose the double OT. um, uh, True sicko stuff uh, against Syracuse. And then was not able to win on the road against Wisconsin when it blew that lead. Wisconsin tied a school record for the largest. I think it tied a school record for the largest comeback ever or at least in Big Ten play. I can't remember exactly. So Indiana lacks like a, it doesn't have a quad one win yet. And this one will not go down as a quad one win. If it gets it, it'll probably wind up being, I think it'll probably wind up being a quad two result. We'll see how Notre Dame is. Um, but you kind of need this if you're Indiana. So it is an intriguing game. I mentioned my player of the year piece that's going to go up on cbsports.com or on your CBS Sports app later on Friday. Trace Jackson Davis, Definitely in the top 10 for player of the year talk right now. He's averaging 19.3 points, 8.4 boards, 3.4 blocks, and is shooting better than 61% from the field. He has been terrific. He has been what I thought he would be in the preseason when I told you he'd be in the running for first-team All-American. He looks damn good. It's not just him. 
but Indiana, I know IU fans are kind of locked into what this team is and its potential. And defensively, Woodson's definitely made an immediate impact. There's no doubt about that. Offensively, they're still kind of they're still kind of building a bit more here. Uh, it's not just all Jackson Davis, but he's been the best player. Want to see a bit more consistency out of Zay, uh, Xavier Johnson. I think Race Thompson has a really good burst as a nice complimentary piece in the front court alongside Trace Jackson Davis. But yeah, here's another good one. We've got again. I hope every game we picked and predicted winds up getting played this weekend, you know, because I think between now and Saturday, we're going to get news about more schools, unfortunately, but hopefully these games get played because we do have, again, a really, really solid weekend of college basketball. Next weekend will not be the case. We're a week from Christmas Eve. There are no, the only game on Christmas Day scheduled is, uh, is the stuff out of Diamond Head in Hawaii there. So um, I don't know what we're doing for picks next week. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But we both got IU there. Last thing is you didn't pick games last weekend because Cobb did it, which is fine. Because as I said on last week's pod, um, I'm going to be hitting the slopes in Vermont and in January. So I just won't pick. I'm not going to do that Friday episode. Just advance heads up. Call Cobb. Call Boone. Get whoever you need to get on here. But our, our records are not even. I've picked five more games than you, so we're not going to be level with each other for a, for a while here. That being said, um, I think I've picked five more games than you at this point, and you still have more losses against the spread than me at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the records are. This is all on Nada. He, like, I don't, I, I have, I, I would normally check this and, like, write it down in real time. I'm done with that. So I don't know what the, I don't know what the, uh, what the records are. So just keep that in mind there. maybe listeners know as well but those that's that's the weekend the records don't matter we don't have to keep up with them we have we have nothing on the line this year by the way i was asked and we got some suggestions we didn't take any of them now we're you know a third of the way through the season whatever shouts to devin downey shouts to chester south carolina shouts to bill johnson legend shouts to larnell as i'm yelling right now i realize these walls are not the most soundproof walls in um, in the world. I know because uh, the gentleman in the room next to me, his iPhone alarm went off very early this morning, woke me up. His iPhone alarm woke me up. And then I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Then the, guess what the next thing I heard was? <laughs> he was either having premarital sex or marital sex. <laughs> he was. He was right there next to me. Ah, I swear, I swear to God on my children's life. He was, he definitely was. Sound like he's having a good time. Like Brandon, what if it was Brandon Davies? You don't know. It was not. You, you need to go and you need to knock on a door and make sure it's not. What if Brandon Davies happens to be staying, staying in the room next to me? Wouldn't that be a wild turn of events? Thank you guys for listening once again to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my in my whole lifetime. Hey, listen, end of the pod. Show that show that skyline. Show the skyline. Just wake go go, go, go turn the curtain. Let people see as he does. Here we go. See little little he's he's turning it back here. There we go. Dead tooth showing us what he's got out there. That's right. Look at that. That's what they call Las Vegas behind me. This is the way it would have looked if I would have if I would have left these open the whole time. You see, we have lighting issues. It's tough out here trying to be a podcaster it in, is. in the middle of a pandemic. This ain't for everybody, I tell you. Trying to podcast in the middle of a pandemic. I ain't never seen one like this. This is outrageous. This is outrageous. We got a single header tomorrow. This is so dumb. 
This is so stupid. What a dumb pandemic. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to Apple po- uh, to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, shame on you. Go do that. Why are you there? Smash the like button like Brandon Davies, boy. Show me that rhythm that you smash the like button with, dead leg. You want a little uh, three-fourths time? Show me your rhythm. Right, this is three-four time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's there nice. That's yeah. nice. That's right. That's nice. We'll talk to you again on Sunday night. I'll be back at home. God willing. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.